0: Hello and welcome to Let's Shoot Together, a photography podcast by me, Anna Constine, from Studio Gently. I'm a newly Edinburgh-based branding photographer working with Kind and Creative Kin across the UK, and this podcast is for gentle photographers everywhere. If you're looking to jump into brand photography or you're a fellow brand photographer looking for tips, this podcast is for you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi everyone! We've taken a couple of weeks off over Christmas and the new year, but I am so excited to be back and we've got a yummy solo episode to dive into today. Before we get started, please note that I've just released some spots for my one-to-one brand photographer mentoring. If you would like to start your new year with a digital extra support, my mentoring is a deep dive into your brand photography business. Whether you are just starting out as a photographer, moving from another area of photography into brand work, or an established brand photographer wanting to pick my brain, I'd love to sit down with you and work through your next season of business in a way that's practical and actionable. Head to studiogently.com to nab your spot. Today's topic is one that I've covered in many of my previous mentoring sessions and it's a subject that I have so much to say about your website. I see lots of photographers' websites that would be amazing with some crucial fixes, and today I want to chat to you about some of the common industry wide issues that I see with how photographers present their work online. This episode isn't meant to call you out, but I do want to highlight where I think so many of us are letting clients down with our websites and I'm going to share lots of actionable steps to tackle this. Let me know if you find this episode helpful and let's get started. The core issue I see too often with photographers' websites is too many photos and too little information. I get it, we're visual people and our photography will get us booked, right? Actually. Not necessarily. I'm not saying that photography isn't important but what I am saying is that it's only part of what will help a client decide whether or not they want to book us. We need helpful, brand bolstering, an information rich copy to nudge a client from feeling intrigued by our work to feeling invested and ready to make an inquiry. And sadly, many of the photography websites I see, including websites that I built for myself back in the day, are not much more than portfolio pages with little to no information besides our names and our email addresses. I'll be honest, this makes me kind of upset. I've even got the ick feeling as a potential client. A few weeks ago, I visited the site of a wedding photographer whose work was stunning. I've been following them for a while on Instagram and I finally looked at their website, expecting it to surpass the effort they put into their social media, or at least mute it. In reality, they had a page called Pricing that didn't have a single price listed on it. I searched and searched for even just a starting price to give me an idea of what to budget, but there was nothing, just a link to their contact form. It really put me off. It felt misleading to have a page called Pricing and not have anything helpful on it, just more flowery copy that was already present on the other website pages. I should mention that I am a long way off from organising a wedding, but I'm really not sure that this would be a photographer that I'd remember and look up when the time comes because I just felt a sense of distrust. Photography of any kind is an investment, and where there's an investment, trust is so important. Now, that photographer's website might be an extreme case, but that feeling of why can't I find what I'm looking for is one that I've had all too often with photographers' websites everywhere. Potentially without meaning to, we can create a you-can't-afford-me vibe for our clients. And it reminds me a lot of shopping in a designer store like Chanel with no pricing info. The difference is that Chanel can get away with an if you have to ask, you can't afford me vibe because they're Chanel. (laughs) They're an established brand and a household name. For the rest of us, this is putting our clients in a really awkward position We're borderline wasting their time by having a website of just images, which by the way, can be crap for our SEO, or a site that doesn't answer their questions sufficiently. Why am I so passionate about there being enough information on your website? Because clients have consistently told me that my website was why they booked me. I built my site to try and answer every key question a client could possibly have, and the feedback has spoken for itself. In testimonials, thank you emails and social media posts, I've had clients and followers tell me that they really appreciate the amount of information that is on my website, that it really helped them and it helped set my work apart. You might be thinking, but I have lots of information on Instagram. Why do I need to add to my website? It's a fair question. Many photographers get an amount of leads from Instagram that they're happy with, so why bother? My answer is this, Instagram isn't your business's home and it has no interest in becoming so. Think about how hard Meta has made it to talk to a human being at Instagram. At the time of recording, if you get hacked, you are unlikely to get your account back unless you can convince larger accounts to post on your behalf, asking Instagram to give it back i've seen so many brands build engaged loyal followings on social media only for a hack to happen and they've lost it all yes social media is fun but it's not safe enough to be the sole hub for you to attract and direct clients in order to work together even worse social media isn't even the best source of leads leads that find you through web searches have been proven to convert better spend more, and often necessitate fewer hours of marketing effort than social media leads do. Instagram is a tool, and it can be a great tool, but it has been built to serve its advertisers, not small business owners trying to convert customers. It's far more beneficial to add plenty of key information to your website and then use social media to direct followers there, than it is to try and use your social media presence in place for a website. So, we've covered what I don't love seeing on photography websites. So, what about what I do? In this section, we're going page by page through a website with the essential pages I think every great photography website needs. Of course step one is your homepage and I like to think of this as a welcome to my brand and a chance to tease the rest of the key content on my website. There needs to be around 500 words of copy minimum on each of your website pages but don't forget that your favourite testimonials can bump this word count up if you're not a writer and you're struggling. Be generous with your calls to action and links to helpful pages and go for a selection of images that best represents the work that you want to do, along with at least one headshot of you. Bonus tip! I've seen multiple SEO pros saying that a slideshow isn't a great opener to your website because Google finds them less informative than a headshot with keyword dense copy. This is also true for banner or welcome pages, which I used to have too, don't worry. So stick to a simple header with H1 text stating your industry and location and a beautiful hero shot. The next page I don't want you to miss is an experience page. This is a chance to show your client what their client journey with you will look like. For many of them this might be the first time that they work with a photographer, for others they want to know what will make your process unique. I literally have the 7 step process all of my shoot journeys share in an accordion block so that clients can click on the title for each step to learn about the process. This page is the one that my clients have told me that they loved the most. By having a super helpful open website, I communicate that I'm a super helpful open photographer. Next up, let's talk about your packages page. I shared a recent Instagram post about whether or not you should include your pricing on your website, and it's linked in the show notes. This really is personal preference, but if you aren't going to include your full pricing, you should definitely have a starter rate just so that clients know it's worth their time to get in touch with you. On my packages page, I have a breakdown of what to expect from my three core packages. How long they typically last for, the minimum number of images I deliver, and how many locations we can shoot in. I include my add-ons, an explanation of what the gallery platform I use offers, plus lots of testimonials, because I know from my analytics that this is a popular page. Let's move on to your FAQs page. This is a chance to, again, build a reputation for being super helpful to your clients, but also a great opportunity to hone the kind of clients that get in touch with you. To cover the basics, I definitely recommend including where you travel to for shoots, how long a lead time you need, and how long it takes to deliver a shoot from inquiry to finish, but do not stop there. I have the question, do you work with vegan brands? Precisely because I want to work with more vegan brands. I'm hoping to add more questions that highlight the kinds of businesses I love working for throughout this quarter. Anytime you get a question on your social media via email, through a comment or throughout a client journey, make a note of it and add it to your FAQ page. You can then use this page to help you write blog content and I include links to the relevant blog posts in the answers of my FAQs that have them. Do not skip this page, it could save you hours of admin and can really help communicate your values and who your dream clients are. Next up, let's talk about your contact page. I used to have a form at the bottom of my experience package and info pages but it can look a lot tidier and lead to less form upkeep when you include a gorgeous call to action and link to your contact page instead. I love including a photo of me looking straight at the camera above or next to a contact form and be generous with how often you link to it. My pal Ista was our first guest on this series and she went through my website with me and pointed out that some clients will be ready to book after the first paragraph, while some will want to read all the way to the bottom of several pages. You just don't know. My contact page is a button on my navigation menu bar because I think it's the most important page on my site. I want it to be really obvious. I definitely recommend creating a form that balances being detailed but not eons long to complete instead of just your email address. An easy to find email address is a gateway to lots of spam and a contact form is a great way to get to know your client so that you can prepare ahead of any consultation calls. My form currently asks my client's name, their pronouns, email address, business name, where they're based, and what accessibility needs I can honour, which I recommend as a bare minimum. Now, at the moment, I also ask what their business offers, Which suit of mine has resonated most with them and how they heard about me? You want to be able to collect enough information without having a form so long that no one will ever fill it in. And I love that mine is hosted on Dubsado so that I can have custom workflows triggered based on some of their answers. Now, I've recently worked on India Earl's pricing workshop and she mentions that she doesn't think we need to have a portfolio page or a series of portfolio pages. I get her point. If you have plenty of images across your site and a blog featuring client sessions, you can get away without them. What I will mention though is that my portfolio pages are consistently among my most visited on my site, so for now I am happy to keep them. Yes, you can see my work elsewhere, but I think it's pretty clear that my audience appreciates being able to easily see a wide variety of my work in one place. If you are going to have a portfolio page, I suggest focusing heavily on shoots that again, reflect the kind of work that you want to do more of and make sure that you have enough variety. I recently reviewed a website for a friend and um, because they only had about five sheets featured. It looks like they were less experienced than they really were. Please make sure to SEO format all of your images with titles and alt text and do not neglect the coffee here either. Again, aim for about 500 words and use this as another chance to describe the work that you're most proud of and would love to do more of. Last of all, blogs are amazing. Now, I know you might think that you aren't reading many blogs at the moment versus perhaps you used to a few years ago, but chances are that you come across them while Google searching all the time without necessarily realizing it. Just as importantly, search engines are reading blogs and they're a great way to build up your SEO by creating content around the keywords that you would like to be discovered for. Not only this, they are a great way for new clients to do a deep dive into your work and fall in love with you. I try to write a blog post about all my favourite client sheets, using my welcome questionnaires to fill in lots of the content and including testimonials where appropriate. Use your blog to write guides for your clients answering those FAQs we mentioned earlier so that a new client can feel prepared and committed to working with you even before they get in touch. I also think blog content can really help show off your expertise. When clients see you writing about elements of your industry that you have experience with, they can understand and appreciate you as an expert and build more of that crucial trust. Before we wrap up for today, here are some of my bonus tips for your website to make sure it's serving you and your clients. Number one, change your images up regularly. It can help your site feel fresh and give visitors a reason to check back and snoop around on a recurring basis, which is brilliant for your SEO. Number two, check your website's speed to ensure that you aren't slowing it down with too many slow loading elements. Number three, Think about multiple URLs if you have the budget for them. I have both studiogently.com and studiogently.co.uk because I often find myself confused when searching for other people's websites. Number four, get a friend to give you feedback or ask your followers to take a peep for you. This is an amazing way to learn what you might be missing from being just so used to your own website number five headings are for keywords not styling i get around this by using css to customize any bits of text that are purely illustrative but i try to ensure my heading text of h1 and h2 in particular are for headers that include some of my keywords and there you have it if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for more and leave a review on your favourite podcast platform so that more people can discover Let's Shoot Together. You can share this episode with the hashtag Let's Shoot Together and tag me on at Studio Gently so that I can repost you. I hope you're ready for a fantastic interview episode next week and I hope you have good things ahead of you wherever and whenever you are take care and let's go shoot together